The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, and we're just going to look at one verse as our focus, verse 3 of Proverbs chapter 11. And I'm going to preach a message I've entitled, The Issue of Integrity. The Issue of Integrity. Integrity is a foundational character trait. You'll notice on the title slide that it's represented there that integrity is the basis for other aspects of our life, for our ethics, for our conduct, for our honest relations with others and their ability to trust us, which is is the basis for good relationships, people being able to trust us. And this is all, this is all based on integrity. So this, this is an important character trait, and I pray God speaks to you this morning as we look at this verse. Would you read it with me out loud, please? Proverbs eleven three. everyone. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. One more time, please. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. That last part is easy to understand. The perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. God's moral laws are as irrepressible as his natural laws. So if you go against God's moral laws and you live a perverse life, which means to be to deviate from God's moral law, to, to not be in line with God's moral standard. So if you live that way, it's only going to lead to personal destruction. It's going to lead to personal destruction in this life and the life to come. So uh, the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. That's easy to understand. But that first phrase is very curious. Look what it says again. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. What is integrity? We're going to talk about that this morning. What is integrity? We'll answer that question. And then how does it guide us? Because the passage says that our integrity will guide us. So let's start with the question, what is integrity? The Hebrew word translated integrity is derived from another word which means complete or whole. So the word means complete or whole. In fact, the English word means the same thing. Do you notice the word integer in the word integrity? Does that sound familiar? That's a mathematical term. Uh, It means a whole number as opposed to a fraction. How many of you knew that? You knew that. Raise your hand. Raise your hand up high. You knew that. Okay. How many of you, anytime math is mentioned, your brain goes into a fog? Would you raise your hand up high? Okay. Yes. That's me as well. But anyway, now you know. That's our math lesson for today. So that is in the word. Integrity means whole. Whole or complete. So let's think of it this way. Let's think of it this way. When we use the word integrity, we're speaking of pure character in every area of our life. Pure character in every area of our life. 
Let me, let me uh, use this illustration. Let's say you bought a whole pizza. You go to, what's your favorite pizza place? National pizza brand, just say it. Pizza Hut, okay, I'm with you on Pizza Hut. Anybody else out there? Uh, Little Caesars, anybody Little Caesars? Papa John's, all right, Papa John's. It's right on campus, okay, so easy. You say, Pastor Zach, don't talk about that. Not right now, okay, but anyway, let's say you go to Papa John's and you order a whole pizza, you, you leave, you open the box and there's a piece missing. Better yet, let's say I come up to you and I say, hey, I'm gonna buy you a whole pizza. I'm gonna go to Papa John's and get you, oh, thanks, Pastor Zach, so I go get a whole pizza, I give it to you in the box, you go back to your room, you open it up, there's a piece missing. You say, something is wrong here. I think Pastor Zach ate one on the way. How bad is that? Don't tell me you're gonna give me a whole pizza and you don't give me a whole pizza, right? So, so we understand what this means. Integrity speaks of the whole of your life. Now, something is wrong, something is wrong in the life of a Christian whose whole life is not centered around God and his word. Something is wrong there. So God should direct every part of our life, not perfection, not perfection, but God letting God work in every area of, of our life to produce godliness. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. That means our, our whole lives don't match what we profess to believe. You might say, well, this is just a little compromise in this area of my life. It's just a little thing. I mean, I'm faithful in all these other things. This little thing over here, I've, I've compromised in. The problem with that is little compromises add up and they corrupt your whole character. And so we can't accept that if we're gonna live with integrity. Integrity is not sinlessness, once again. It's just general, honest, pure character, allowing God to direct every area of your life. When we're not living in integrity, we tend to compartmentalize our life. What does that mean? That means we segment our life into different aspects. We, and we separate them and isolate them and they don't align with the whole. Let me give an example. So the way we act at church is not the way we act in the community. So we were able to put on something at church or act a certain way at church and then in the community we act differently. The way we act in front of our family is different than we act in front of our friends. So our, our family life and our social life are different. We've segmented them. Or here's a big one, here's a big one. Our public life doesn't match our private life. Our public life doesn't match our private life. That's a big one because I believe one of the greatest tests of your integrity is what you're willing to do in private. One of the greatest tests of your integrity is what you're willing to do when no one's looking. Let's remind ourselves of this verse. Proverbs 10, 9 says, he that walketh uprightly, that, that's righteously. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. He, he's safe in the will of God. But he that perverteth his way, there's that word again, he that perverteth his way shall be made known. And our private sins will come to light. They will work themselves out. They will corrupt our, our whole character. I remember, I remember facing the test of integrity, this great test of integrity when I was in high school and I worked at this fried chicken restaurant, okay? Fried chicken restaurant. And uh, the owner said, okay, Tim, I was, I don't know, I was a 16-year-old, 15-year-old. And he said, Tim, when, uh, now that the summer's come uh, and school's out, 
um, in these warm months, I want, you, I want you to man an ice cream cart. And he said, I think we're going to make some great profits with this. I want you to go around in the community and roll this little cart around. It has a little bell you ring and people will come. And he said, I want you to roll this around. Go to the public parks where the children are. Go to the job sites. And, and uh, he said, this is going to be great. We're going to make some good money and I want you to do it. And so I was the ice cream man all summer. Oh, my friends had fun with that one. I'm telling you. They would drive by in their cars and yell out their windows, hey! ice cream man you know and all this and I'd be out there and I'd be dinging the little bell there and uh, and now he said to me before I went out he said Tim he said Tim you're working on commission here so um, the more ice cream you sell the more you're gonna make the more money you're gonna make here's the deal don't eat the profits and he said now he shouldn't have said this he said now unless you find one damaged you, you could eat that How many of you are ahead of me? What was I tempted to do then? I'm walking around in hot summer months with a cart full of ice cream. And I'm tempted the whole summer long. It was overwhelming. I was saying to myself, well, I could just accidentally drop one. Oops. <laughs> you know, oh, it's damaged, right? No one would ever know as I'm picking it up. You know, squeeze it. Oops. <laughs> There's a damaged one right there. He said damaged. There it is. All summer long, I'm telling you, I face this overwhelming temptation. It's 90 degrees and I got a cart full of ice cream. You know what I did? I talked to myself all summer long. I'm like, if I, if I hurt the business, I'm only hurting myself. And, and God sees and I have to live with myself. My, my, my honor's at stake here. My honor's at stake. Am I going to sell my integrity for an ice cream sandwich? Here, listen, the value you put on your integrity is what you're willing to, to get to give it up. That's the value you place on your integrity. What are you willing to get to give it up? Are you willing to get a temporary moment of pleasure to give up your integrity? You have to live with yourself and God sees everything you do. And the positive part of that is God says, I, I reward faithful behavior in this life and the life to come. And so one of the greatest te tests of integrity is what you're willing to do when no one's looking. Hey, by the way, this is a big problem in the workplace out there. I talk to a lot of biz business owners that, that say, I can't find good workers. I can't find, I can't find people I can trust. And so you, you have these people that are unreliable. They don't do what they say they're going to do. They deceive or shade the truth. They don't own up to their failures. They think more of themselves than the team. They choose convenience over quality work. Listen, young people, you're going to go much farther with integrity than with talent. You are going to go much farther with integrity than with talent because integrity is, is noticeable. It shows up in your life and you're going to be trusted. You're going to see better results in your life. And of course, God will bless you. God will bless you. So let me challenge you to let God direct all of your life and let God develop a pure character in every aspect of your life, your public, your private life, every aspect of your life. 
So now we know what integrity means. Let's look at the next phrase. How does it guide us? This is exciting. Here's the blessing of integrity. It says the integrity or this whole character, whole character, complete, not perfection, but God directing every part. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. Now, how does integrity guide us? Proverbs 11.3 says that integrity will guide a person. It's pretty simple. When you live with integrity, God develops in your heart a character that can be trusted. Let me say that again. When you live with integrity, by the grace of God, God develops in your heart a character that can be trusted. When you live with godly integrity, God's will becomes your will. God's desires become your desires. His way becomes your way. And so you have this intrinsic character that God has developed that you can trust. You can trust it. Now think about this. This is an incredible blessing. We may sensationalize the will of God. We might think of the will of God as a lightning bolt in the sky or, or uh, you know, cloud formation or some vision of sorts. But it's not that way. Now God has used visions and dreams in the past, but we have the completed word of God in the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have, we have all that pertains to life and godliness. And so we, 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 God doesn't need to do that. And so here's what happens to the believer, I believe. A constant confrontation with the word of God. All right, so we're in the word of God. We're, we're asking God to show us our secret sins and any other sins and we confess them. So we have close communion with God, short accounts with God. We're in the word of God. God is developing in us a character that we can trust. Look at this verse, okay? Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Proverbs eleven twenty three 23, A. The first part says, the desires of the righteous is only good. And I'll show you a, a, a New Testament verse as well that, that backs this up. See, when we're seeking God as our chief desire, right? If we're seeking God as our chief desire. He's developing in us godly integrity. And we can then follow our desires. That's how it works. It's amazing when, when this happens. Now, that has to be validated. I understand that. That has to be validated and confirmed through circumstantial signs, counsel if it's a big decision. But really, you're following these godly desires in your heart. That's the will of God. Now, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. But God directs us this way. Now, you say, uh, um, Pastor Zach, uh, how, how, did, how did this work in your life? Um, I know I've, I've spoken on this before, but I think it bears repeating. Um, I was, I was uh, in a college singing group, and we traveled in New England. And in that first tour, God got a hold of my heart, and I yielded my life completely to the service of the Lord that first tour. Um, I went back to New England on another tour. And I'm from Michigan, but I, I was traveling in New England, and I developed this affinity for New England. I loved New England. Now, I went to North Carolina. I was a youth pastor there for seven years. And then God started um, changing my desires. There was this unsettled spirit. And, uh, and God, through circumstances, led me to this idea of church planting. And I didn't know where. And then I went to this camp, and there were some guys from New England. They started talking. And immediately when they started talking about the need for churches in New England, something in my heart said, there you go. There, was, it, was it audible, Pastor Zach? No. 
I just, it was just a prompting. And that led to a search trip. And so the search trip, we, me and my wife and my, my little son at the time, um, Matthew is five years old, my only son at the time, uh, we went up there together. And through pastor's counsel and direction, God led me to the town of Brantford. And I explain it like this. You say, why did you go to Brantford, Connecticut? I mean, it, it, there's a lot that went into it, but basically I drove into town. When I drove into town, something in my heart said, this is it. I got out of the car, took a picture next to the town sign. I said to my wife, take a picture of this. This is, I, I just got to, I, I have the sense that this is it. Later on, I'm making the story short, but later on, went to Branford, planted a church from scratch, where there, was there 18 years, there's a strong established church there today. So you say, how did, how did you decide to go to Branford, Connecticut? Why did you go to Branford, Connecticut? Because God wanted me to and I wanted to. That's how it worked. You said, what brought you back to Pensacola? I have no idea. No, uh, no let me tell you that story. Okay, so let me tell you that. So um, God gave me a, an unsettled spirit again in Connecticut. I've been there for a long time and, and just something in my spirit was unsettled. And uh, I got invited down here to speak. It was for an open meeting or Bible conference. I can't remember exactly where it started. Dr. Shoemaker and I, we're in the same class together here at PCC. Uh, he knew my ministry and we, we knew each other and he, he invites me down to speak and I come down to speak. I was so honored. I said, I, I said I'm just a small church pastor. I, I, I appreciate this honor. And I spoke and then they had me back to speak again and something started in my heart. Something started in my heart. And one time when I was down here, Pastor McBride sits me down in his office and he said, Tim, I'd like you to consider something. Uh, we we what, would like you to consider coming and being the assistant pastor at Campus Church. I said, wow, what an honor. I went back home and I prayed about it and it just wasn't good time. It wasn't good time for the church. It wasn't good time for our family, but the desire was there. So I, I told Pastor McBride, I said, uh, I can't, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to turn that down. I just can't come at this time. I thought to myself, that's it, that's it. They're just going to hire another assistant pastor and, and that opportunity is gone. But they didn't. They didn't and the, and the desire stayed 18 months later. 18 months, and the, the desire in my heart was growing to be here. That whole 18 months. 18 months later, I got asked, they asked me again. And Pastor McBride said, hey, Tim, maybe, maybe the timing's different this time. The, the position's still open. We would like you to pray about it. Would you pray about it? And then I'll, 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 I'll call you back. We'll talk about it. But just pray about it. Talk to your wife. Pray about it. I'm sitting in my office with my wife. And I said to her, if Pastor, McBride's, if Pastor McBride calls, I'm going to say yes. And while I was talking, the phone rang. Hello, that's how the Lord works. The phone rings. By the way, God didn't just do that for me, he did it for my wife, because that was going to be a big move for her. You say, why did you come back to Pensacola? Why did you come to Campus Church? Because God wanted me to and I wanted to. You say, is it really, is that the will of God? Yes, that's how the will of God works. I told you at one time about this young lady who came to me. She's, she's graduating with an education degree, a Christian education degree, and she's got two schools that are asking her to come. She's got two options. 
good Christian schools, good church. I asked her, she came and said, Pastor Zach, please help me decide which place to go. I said, well, I'm not God. I can't <laughs> tell you which place to go. But she said, well, let me tell you tell you about it. And I said, so uh, tell me about these schools. What's this one like? She said, oh, it's a great school. What, how about the church that's associated with it? Great church. Where is it? This state. I said, how about this other one? A great school. Love that one. Uh, got a great church. I said, have you been to both to visit? Yes, I've been to both to visit. I said, I said, are you right with God? She said, Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, do you have, do you have a, a, a consistent devotional life? You spend time in the word and prayer. You confess your sins. Are, are you, would you say you're in close communion with God? And she said, yes, Pastor Zach. And I said, which one do you like? And she goes, I like this one the most. I said, go there. There you go. She said, did you say that, Pastor? That's what I said. I said, go there. There you go. And she's been there for over 20 years. I'm sitting at an Eagles game the other day and somebody next to me goes, here's, uh, so I won't say her name, uh, here's so-and-so and shows me a picture. She's still there at the uh, Christian school serving the Lord. She wanted to say hi. Had a picture of her. I go, Praise God. Married, has children, and serving the Lord in that same school. And it wasn't me. It's just it, God used desires. Look at this verse, Philippians 2.13. I love this verse. Don't be confused by this verse, okay? It's not confusing, it's simple. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will, that means to want to, and to do his good pleasure. Now, the verse before says, work out your own salvation. This verse says that it is God that works in you. You say, which is it, Pastor Zach? Am I working it out or is God working it in? It's both. It's a cooperative effort. It's a cooperative effort. You can't expect God to do his part if you're not doing your part. So, but you're working out your salvation. You're not working for your salvation. You're working it out. You're cooperating with the Holy Spirit to grow in the Christian life. And then God puts in your heart the desire to do his will. He gives you the want to, the will, and then the ability to do his good pleasure. If he's called you to do it, he's going to give you a desire to do it, and then he's actually going to give you the ability to do it. That is amazing. You want to know, some of you are graduating, you want to know that wherever you're going, it's God's will. And he's going to put a desire in your heart and then give you the power and the enabling ability to do what he's called you to do. That's the will of God. And it takes integrity for that to happen. Your integrity guides you. Your integrity guides you. It's a character intrinsic inside of you, a character that, that, that can be trusted as you make decisions in life. Amen. That's how it works. Now, God verifies it. He validates it. He uses increasing substantiation to, to, so you, that you have a, a peace in your heart that really is the will of God. He uses circumstantial indicators and counsel. But here's what I believe. If we stay close to God, he won't let us make a mistake. Look what he did to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was heading somewhere and God just slammed the door shut and said, no, that's not it. And God, if he knows that you're sincerely seeking his will, he's going to prompt you through desires. And if you're off a little bit, he'll just make sure you understand clearly that's not the way to go. And he'll redirect you. He directs your steps. He directs your stops. 
He opens doors, he closes them, but he's not going to make the will of God, his will, something that is murky. It's a shining light that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. It's a path that's lit for you. Step by step, he directs our steps. That makes integrity a huge issue, the issue of integrity. Am I compartmentalizing my life? Am I segmenting my life? Is there agreement in the whole of my life? Is God directing every single part? My social life, my academic life, my career life, which should be the calling of God, my dating life, my private life. Is God directing every part so that I can experience that godly integrity that can be trusted? I can trust it to lead me. It's actually God leading me. It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit, which should be the continual experience of the Christian. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's why the Holy Spirit is there. To, to connect with our spirit to produce this integrity that can be trusted. And he'll make sure we find our path. He'll guide us if we're in a position of purity to receive it. Which begs the question this morning, are we people of integrity? Am I? Are you? Are you a person of integrity? You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.